Hello and welcome to the first episode of Visionary Voices, a podcast series by Linklaters. I'm Deepika Sriram. On this podcast, we'll be talking to successful women in business and law who are based out here in the Middle East. We're going to be asking them to share their journey so far, any challenges that they have faced, and their vision for the future generation. And we start our podcast journey today with one of our very own Linklaters alumni. Joining us today is Samira Kimatrai. Samira is a senior legal counsel and head of licensing for a crypto asset exchange startup called Rain. Prior to this, she was a lawyer in private practice. She's also a mum to three young girls. She has a lot to share about the world of fintech and corporate life and juggling her mum duties. So let's hear from her. Samira, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, Deepika, for asking me to join and for that really lovely introduction. Before we dive in, I'll tell you a bit about myself. So as you mentioned, first and foremost, I'm a wife and mother to three girls. I have twin girls, Sienna and Sophia, who are five and a half, and Sarah, who just turned two in December. We live in Dubai um, in Al Safu, having moved here from London just over five years ago when the twins were three months old. Um, my background... Um, Prior to this, I, I grew up in Nigeria, in Lagos, um, so in West Africa, where a lot of my family is still based, and then relocated to London um, as a child. And I, I studied um, in London at school and went on to study history at Cambridge. It was at Cambridge that I first considered a career in law, and I applied for a vacation scheme at Linklater. So as you mentioned, I am Linklater's alumni, having started my career um, as a trainee back in March 2013, qualifying in March 2015 into the financial services regulatory team. Um, I have now, of course, moved away from private practice altogether and currently work, as you mentioned, as senior legal counsel and global head of regulatory licensing at Rain in Dubai. It's a cryptocurrency platform in the DIFC. Samira, talk to us about your career journey so far. And we're curious to hear what have been some of the most defining moments for you? The journey to get here has been a long one um, with many ups and downs and um, experience both as a woman, full stop, but also as a working mother. So to begin my journey, uh, I spent time um, in London uh, at Lynx, but I qualified and um, relocated to Dubai with my husband and twin daughters in early 2017. At the time, this was a challenging time for me in my career because I loved the area of law that I was practicing, but Linklater's Dubai didn't have a financial services reg department. So I was presented with the opportunity to either continue working remotely for the London financial reg department or move into another department altogether. Um, at the time, um, I decided that remote working wouldn't be the right path for me to choose. So early on in my career, back in 2017, remote working isn't the trend that it is now. So instead, I decided to join Alan and Overy, who were actively recruiting a FinReg associate. And I was fortunate enough to join their team in September 2017. So this was a time of real change for me in my career. I was about 25 years old, um, settling into my role as a new mother, not only to one baby, but to twins, um, whilst also trying to grapple with joining a new law firm in an entirely new jurisdiction with a completely different uh, regulatory framework uh, and different sort of legal environment. I was also unsure at this point about leaving the girls at home. They were about eight months, um, but 
I took the plunge and I think it was one of the best decisions I ever made. Um, it was definitely refreshing at that time to get out of the house, to have some adult company in the office and to be able to drink and eat in peace uh, away from little people. Uh, so whilst it was daunting, it definitely um, it was definitely the right decision for me at the time. And um, Alan and Overy made the transition very smooth. I think it was important to the firm at this point to have a resource available five days a week. But within the bounds of that, they were willing to accommodate some flexibility. So I actually initially went back to working nine till 2.30 for the first three months, five days a week, which is fairly unheard of in a client-facing fee-earning capacity. This uh, very quickly became nine till 3.30 and eventually nine till 4.30 and later just quite difficult to manage full stop. Um, I think the flexibility that I had initially as an associate though um, and the working pattern that I uh, was had the luxury to, to do led to longevity in private practice and longevity I don't think I otherwise would have had. Um, I, I think uh, there were many ups and downs during my time in private practice as a working mom, times where I felt I had everything under control and other times where I was definitely overwhelmed stressed and in need of a major change. But I, 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 I had some of my most career-defining moments um, at, and, and proudest moments at Allen & Overy, as well as some of my biggest challenges. So I think I was promoted in 2020, actually, when I was on my second maternity leave with my youngest daughter. So I was promoted to senior associate then and also ranked as a rising star, which was amazing recognition whilst out of the firm on maternity leave. But at the same time, it was a challenging time for, I think, a lot of women around the world with um, the pandemic and children, all three of them in my case, were at home. Um, So I was forced to grapple with uh, managing workloads as a senior associate now, as well as trying to educate uh, three-year-olds on Zoom calls. So I think that was definitely a career-defining moment for me because I, I started to realize that I needed to find a way forward and more of a work-life balance. Initially, when I returned to work, I was put on secondment to a tech company called Group 42, where I went in as head of legal for their mobile payments arm, PayBuy. I think this time at PayBuy was quite important for me because it was here that I first entered the tech space as a lawyer and as a as a female in the tech space, but also got to grips with some payment concepts and some difficult um, concepts, both in the payment space and the crypto world. But I also got a taste of the shift um, in, in work-life balance when you move in-house um, and away from a billable hours model. So that was quite significant for me in moving out of private practice. I was fortunate, actually, to get the opportunity last summer to join Rain, so I was uh, contacted by a recruiter uh, in August, and they they had this opportunity to come in as senior legal counsel. For a regulatory lawyer, the crypto space is definitely an exciting one. It's an area which um, needs regulation to ensure success, and I felt like it was the right time for me to to move into it. So that's how I uh, landed at Rain. Thank you, Samira. That was a fascinating journey. Um, and thank you for sharing that with us. Um, you, you touched upon it briefly, and it, and it leads quite nicely into my second question. Uh, 
Because, Samira, you're wearing many hats. You're a mum to three young girls and one of the few women doing fintech in the Middle East. And it seems you have a triple challenge of being a woman in STEM in an industry that's fairly nascent and in a geography that has been that has historically been low in gender diversity. How do you take on these challenges? So as you said, it's widely acknowledged that fintech has a gender diversity problem. There are too few women working in tech companies, and these companies don't tend to have female founders or leaders. I know at Rain we have um, four co-founders, all of whom are men. Um, women tend to also be underrepresented in the fintech user base. So whilst there's undoubtedly a need for focusing on developing female employees and solutions, this must also reflect the barriers that, that females face, um, particularly female entrepreneurs. I mean, it's it's no secret that female founders face bigger hurdles than, than men in securing things like equity finance. But I think one thing I've learned is that just because you're a woman in the tech industry and uh, women with children, it doesn't mean that you necessarily have something to prove. Um, you don't need to analyze each move you make or compete with your male peers or weave illusions around your co-workers. You need to be aware of your strengths and your weaknesses and use them to your advantage in the workplace. And that's something that I'm trying to do in the tech sector. Um, when it comes to balancing the many hats that I wear, it's it's definitely a struggle and it's definitely something that I've learned over time. I think I've learned how to read my children quite well. I sort of know when they need more of me or when the job needs more of me, when the balance can shift um, one way or another. So it's usually Monday to Friday. They've had me on the weekend. They're fairly uh, content and comfortable. And then as we approach the end of the week, I definitely see that the, there needs to be a shift in, in, in how I'm balancing things. But that's, that's what it is, that it's a shift. It's about being able to read your coworkers, being able to read your children, and then knowing which way you need to move um, to, to balance things and where your focus um, really needs to be. I hope that answers the question. Yeah, it definitely does. And, and thank you. Uh, that was so interesting. Um, and Samira, I really like what you said about just holding your own, because I think that's something that we really should be thinking about as women. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, so the theme for International Women's Day this year is break the bias. So Samira, tell us what type of biases have you seen in the workplace and in your personal life? And what do you think organizations should be doing to tackle them effectively in this day and age? Yes, of course. Um, so bias can take many forms and it can be based on things like age and gender, race, religion, etc. But I think the one that's worth talking about today, um, given the topic, is gender bias and the preferential treatment that men uh, receive in the workplace. I touched on this a bit earlier in the tech sector, but it's definitely something I've experienced. Um, I think one place where gender bias can be visible and so visible is in recruitment. And I've definitely experienced some gender bias when returning to work with very young children. Interview questions that I've been asked have been fairly gender biased. And um, I've been asked questions as a female ca candidate around parental plans and responsibilities that I don't necessarily believe would have been asked of a male co-worker. Um, I was once asked, for example, in a job interview, whether or not I have a nanny. And uh, 
I don't know, would the response to that question have determined the outcome of the interview at the time or would the same question have been asked of a man returning to the workplace? Um, I don't think so. Um, so at Rain, I'm, I'm actively involved in recruitment. And um, as the head of licensing, it's important that when we establish ourselves in new markets, that we can build a team out around that. And I've definitely seen hiring managers ask female candidates more targeted questions about um, not just parental responsibilities, but their leadership abilities and unconsciously prefer more masculine leadership styles. Um, so I think this is definitely something that that I've experienced in recruitment. And my last question to you is, uh, I know you have three beautiful young daughters. As a mum, what is the one piece of advice you'll be giving them? So I think having three daughters, as you say, watch your every move um, is, is actually what's inspired me to continue working. So on the contrary to what most people would think, it, it's sort of having these three little girls look up to you and watch you day in, day out, that is really what's forced me to keep going, even when I struggle, trying to balance it all. Um, so I think it's important for me that the girls see that women have value and that women can tr contribute to the financial pool. I, I want them to be proud of me and to understand the value of work, especially growing up in Dubai, where children have opportunities and access to so much, but also culturally, I'm from an Indian community where a lot of women haven't worked. And um, I didn't have many role models growing up who had the opportunities that we have as women today. And I, what I want my daughters to take away and then the piece of advice that I'd have for them is to, to know their value and know their worth and know their contribution to society and that in, they, there's so much they can do and achieve in life and um, to never feel held back in any way or that they're not worthy. That was beautiful. Um, and you've definitely given us a lot to take away and, and think about. You know, we wanted to do this podcast series to celebrate women and their individual journeys. And hearing your fascinating story tells us so much about navigating a corporate career in the Middle East, but also about the value of family and culture. So thanks again for talking to us, Samira. It was great to have you on board. Thank you so much. Thanks to everyone at Linklaters who helped us pull this podcast together. The Middle East DNI team for getting behind the idea to do the series and providing the platform for it. Kushbu and Cecilia and the digital marketing team for website design, comms and marketing. Everyone at the film and media team for audio editing and design. And Raluca and Patrick for bringing this podcast together and making it happen. Tune into the next episode to hear more from another interesting speaker wherever you get your podcast.